Coming up in this episode of Entrepreneur's Journal. Because before I get into the lessons, I want you to understand the perspective that I'm looking at. So a lot was mentioned in the news, but I want us to have a common knowledge before I go into the lessons. That way you can understand what I'm referencing from this incident. So great the leader, so great the culture, and so great the culture, so great the company. And this is a quote from Simon Sinek. What I want to bring out here is that when you are an entrepreneur, you might not be the technical person, you might not be the media person, you might not be the, let's call it the financial person or the marketing person, but at every level of your business, you're going to have leaders. You might have a team lead, you might have a branch manager, you might have a an executive, you might just be the director, you might have a CEO, CFO, CMO, you're going to have people in leadership position, positions in your company making decisions on a day-to-day -day basis that impact the lives of one to a mil to millions of people. Why is this important now? The idea is that Mr. Stockton Rush, though he was a CEO, was not first concerned about the safety of passengers and that's what caused the issue here. If he had said we put the safety of our passengers first because if something goes wrong lives could be lost and that is not something we want to risk then he would have prioritized getting the tests done hear that in 2018 when the vessel was to be handed over from the engineering team to a team who would ensure the safety of its passengers ocean gates director of marine operations david lockridge wrote a report where he stressed the potential dangers to passengers of the titan as a submersible reached extreme depths and the craft needed more testing. Mr. Stockton Rush said in reports here that the Ocean Gate would not pay for further safety tests on the Titan. So Mr. Stockton Rush, the CEO and Mr. Lockridge here, the director of marine operations were not seen eye to eye. The leadership and the person in the company were not seen eye to eye and as is common in this situation, leadership fired the person who didn't agree with him. Which leads us to the second point. Trust your gut instinct. Mr. David Lockridge had a very, um, he had a black spot, a blind spot. He had that black sheep about that one point, that glass that they can look out through that's only good for 1,300 meters. But the Titanic is 4,000 meters below the ocean surface. He had a black sheep with that situation. Something about that bothered him. And it also ties into doing your due diligence because now you could also say that the number says that this is only certified for 1,300 meters, less than 30% of the distance it has to go for the Titanic, right? The Titanic is 4,000 meters below sea level. This glass can only, is only certified to go 1,300 meters. He didn't agree with the leadership. He did not have a good feeling about it. He did his due diligence and learned that statistically what the numbers said was that this is a crazy idea, don't do it. And because of that, he had to choose integrity over favor. He hey guys, welcome to Entrepreneur's Journal, episode two, where we look at the events taking place on a day-to-day -day basis. And we try to ask ourselves the important question, seeking an honest answer. What is it that I can learn from this event that will help me on my journey to being a successful entrepreneur? Today, <laughs> it's a very touchy subject that we're going to look at today because 
the idea is that it involves people losing their lives so lives were lost in this specific incident and not only that it's a situation where it's been discussed a lot from different angles on social media especially it's in the news and i'm speaking about none other than ocean gates titanic disaster let's call it a disaster because lives were lost in very catastrophic and gruesome manner as well and the idea is that i know that approaching this topic from a business perspective i know that it's going to be something of contention i know it might rub some people the wrong way so before we start this episode i just want to put it out there that my condolences goes out to the family and everyone who's been affected by this incident losing a loved one a breadwinner and a family member someone you hoped to have your entire life is never easy one of the members were quite young as well and so i just want to send my condolences out to the family members those who are aggrieved and affected by this um catastrophic incident the thing though is that whenever something bad happens as entrepreneurs and as people we need to ask ourselves the question why did this happen what role did i have to play and if given a second chance or second opportunity at this what can i do differently or what will i do differently that when i do that differently it will change the outcome for the positive so that's what we're doing here today we're just going to look at the ocean gate um, titanic incident we're just going to learn six lessons six lessons that every entrepreneur must learn from this incident and we're going to go from there my name is Javis roberts i'm a ceo and founder of zelhan if you like these videos and you find them helpful go ahead and hit subscribe like and share with a family member and friend who you think would find this helpful Zelhan's goal is to help 1 million small businesses succeed by 2030. So if you know someone who has a small business or is interested in opening a business, then share this episode, our YouTube channel, or website. Let's get started. So what I'm going to be doing is there is going to be a link on, well, it's not a link. It's going to be an article on screen somewhere, somewhere here or here, or maybe in the background. And I'm going to be reading from that article because before i get into the lessons i want you to understand the perspective that i'm looking at so a lot was mentioned in the news but i want us to have a common knowledge before i go into the lessons that way you can understand what i'm referencing from this incident so it's on screen here somewhere depending on where the editor puts it it says years before titanic sub went missing Ocean Gate was warned about catastrophic safety issues. What I want you to realize is that I won't be looking at you while I read, but we can both look at the article and read, and then we'll go into the six lessons. So rather quick, let's just get, get right into it. It's the, and this article was posted by CBS. It's linked in the description below. All credits and rights go to them and all of that good stuff. Years before a tourist submersible went missing and was ultimately lost in what Coast Guard call in what the Coast Guard called a catastrophic implosion on an expedition to explore the Titanic shipwreck with five passengers on board, red flags over safety issues emerged about the company that designed and operated the vessel. Ocean Gate, which charged $250,000 per person for a Titanic voyage, is a privately held company that touted its innovative use of materials and state-of-the-art technology in developing small submersibles. 
The five people who were aboard the missing sub did not survive, the company said Thursday. And news came out, so this has been recorded on Friday, June 23, Friday morning, June 23, mind you. And news came out last night, last evening, that um, wreckage from the submarine has been found and there are no survivors. Uh, well, it says behind the marketing lingo, lawsuits and industry experts had raised serious safety concerns about the project years before the sub's disappearance. In 2018, a professional trade group warned OceanGate's experimental approach to the design of the Titan could lead to potentially catastrophic outcomes, according to a letter from the group obtained by CBS News. And the thing is that I want you to pay attention to the verbiage, the wording used here, because it plays into the lessons that we have to learn, right? It says that same year, an employee of OceanGate raised safety concerns about the Titan's design and the company's protocol for testing the hull's reliability. That employee, David Lockridge, was fired by OceanGate after airing his complaints to government regulators and OceanGate's management, with the latter then suing him for a breach of contract. <laughs> In response to OceanGate's lawsuit, Lockridge countersued, airing his concerns about Titan safety in a 2018 in a 2018 court document. Lockridge claimed he believed the company could subject passengers to potential extreme danger in an experimental submersible. So the idea though that I want you to take note of is that this started in 2018 there about the lawsuit and um, David Lockridge getting fired. But it's also important to note that the expedition that went bad just now isn't the first expedition that the sub would have gone on. I think it went under, I think it underwent several expeditions over the years. But there's a second article that is linked in the description below as well as from the New York Times, which basically gives an idea of how the sub, well, the submersible, let's put it that way, has been operating over the years. And that can give you an idea of how many um, voyages that they had are they voyages <laughs> trips they had how much they charged how much money they made and stuff like that but we're just getting into the business side of things right now in february the ceo of ocean gate stockton rush was sued by a florida couple after they struggled to get a refund on their deposits for several canceled trips on the titan i think they don't regret that right now the pair mark and sharon hegel said in their lawsuit that ocean gate canceled one expedition saying it hadn't had enough time to certify that the Titan could reach the depths of the Titanic. Another trip was cancelled because of equipment failure, according to a copy of the Hagels lawsuit published by the Fort Myers News Press. Attorneys for the Hagels didn't immediately return a request for comment. It says here that OceanGate didn't respond to requests for comments about the lawsuit and allegations. In a statement to CBS News, Lockridge's attorney, said he had no comment regarding his allegation. We pray for everyone's safe return, the attorney said. And that's understandable. Lives were lost. You don't want to be focused on the lawsuit and a legal battle when something of this magnitude happened. And I think he's also reeling in himself, not in a way of saying, ah, I was right, but saying, oh gosh, I was right. You know, you have those situations where you really don't want to be right. <laughs> and parents can allude to this. You see your child doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. And you say, oh, you're going to find out. And when they find out, you're not happy that they found out because the, the child got hurt. Someone you love got hurt. But you, yeah, I knew it, right? Something like that. Certification issues. 
on the red flags about the Titan was its cert one of the red flags about the Titan was its certification or lack thereof. To the 2018 letter from a professional trade group, the Marine Technology Society flagged the company's marketing material, which advertised that Titans that the Titan's design would meet or exceed a certification called DNVGL. Stemming from the independent Norwegian foundation Det Norsk Veritas, or DNV, I don't speak Norwegian. <laughs> the certification is considered the gold standard for marine equipment, but the Marine Technology Society noted it does not appear that OceanGate has the intention of following DNVGL class rules. Such representations would be misleading to the public and breaches an industry-wide professional code of conduct we all endeavor to uphold. A fact sheet about the Titan on Ocean Gate's website doesn't mention if the, if the vessel had received a DNV certification. There's also a part here that says refuse to pay. Certification and testing was also a focus of Lockridge's countersuit in which he refuted Ocean Gate's claims that he breached his employment contract when he filed a whistleblower complaint with the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Lockridge wrote that he learned the viewport on the sub was only built to a certified pressure of 1,300 meters. All right, even though the Titanic, the Titan, intended to go down to 4,000 meters in depth, and that's where the Titanic wreckage is. He also urged OceanGate to use an agency such as the American Bureau of Shipping to inspect and certify the Titan. OceanGate refused to pay for the manufacturer to build a viewport that would meet the required depth of 4,000 meters. He claims that rather than address his concerns or use a standard classification agency to, ex to inspect the Titan, OceanGate immediately fired him. And you see that very often, and they will say that you're trying to hinder progress and innovation, when really you're just trying to look out for the safety. I believe they're there are a few movies with this very plot line and that's the part about it that's kind of sickening for me because there there were warnings about what could have gone wrong and i don't believe enough was done to ensure that what could have gone wrong did not go wrong and if it indeed went wrong something could have been done to mitigate the disaster but more on this in the six lessons that entrepreneurs should learn from this incident let's wrap up the article he claims, rather than address his concerns or use a standard classification agency to inspect the Titan, OceanGate immediately fired him. OceanGate's lawsuit against Lockridge stresses that he wasn't an engineer and that he refused to ac accept its lead engineer's veracity of information. <laughs> How veracious is that information now, engineer? leading to his firing. In his legal response, Lockridge admitted he wasn't an engineer, but noted that he was hired to ensure the safety of all crew and clients during submersible and surface operations. And the idea here is that you're hired to do your job and you do the job and you get fired. More on this later. At Zelhan, we believe in the power of the internet, software, and technology to make it easier to start and run a successful business online. Go to zelhan.com and set up a pay discovery session with our team. Tell us the problems holding your business back from increasing revenues, getting more clients, and being successful. Our team will help you develop a strategy or solution to increase your revenues, profits, or solve any business problem that you might have. 
Tell us your problems and we will take care of everything else for you. Our pay this conversation fee will be removed from your project fee if you work with us within a month of your first discover session. This allows us to do our best work with clients who are serious about working with us. Go to zelhan.com forward slash consultation or click the link in the description of this video to book your first session. Now let's get back to the video. So we see here that it's a catastrophic incident and not only is it catastrophic in a sense that lives were lost, I believe the part that rubs salt in the wound is the fact that it could have been avoided or mitigated in some way had there been better measures and controls and safety precautions put in place. So what are the six lessons that every entrepreneur needs to learn from the Ocean Gate Titan catastrophe? Well, the first lesson, leadership matters. So as you dig deeper into the articles and the research and learning a bit more about what truly happened, something interesting is coming to the fore. And it's the fact that um, the CEO of Ocean Gate, I believe his name is Stockton Rush, was not very, he was not to be persuaded. He was an immovable rock in terms of putting in the necessary tests that was suggested to him not only by Mr. David Lockridge, but by also over 36 other, 36, mind you, over 36 other industry experts that said to him that they had unanimous, the word unanimous was used. They had unanimous concerns about the safety of the vessel. And the idea here is that so go at the leader, so go at the culture, and so go at the culture, so go at the company. And this is a quote from Simon Sinek. What I want to bring out here is that when you are an entrepreneur, you might not be the technical person, you might not be the media person, you might not be the, let's call it the financial person or the marketing person, but at every level of your business, you're going to have leaders. You might have a team lead, you might have a branch manager, you might have a an executive, you might just be the director, you might have a CEO, CFO, CMO, you're going to have people in leadership position, positions in your company making decisions on a day-to-day -day basis that impact the lives of one to, a mil to millions of people. Why is this important now? The idea is that Mr. Stockton Rush, though he was a CEO, was not first concerned about the safety of passengers and that's what caused the issue here. If he had said, we put the safety of our passengers first because if something goes wrong, lives could be lost and that is not something we want to risk. Then he would have prioritized getting the tests done in, an, in a feasible way because the idea is that they said they didn't want to pay for it. I don't think that's an adequate excuse when you're playing with human lives here. You know, something goes wrong, people, people could die. I also don't think that the excuse that getting regula um, regulation would hinder um, progress is very good. Because I believe that if we understand that regulations can make it harder to innovate, but I don't believe that regulations can stop innovation if innovation is good. Innovation always wins. We believe leadership matters. And the idea here is that if your leader is going in one direction, the company is going to follow him in that direction. You want your leader to believe, to your, believe your core values to aspire for the same dream and vision that you have. Now, if the 
company, so let's say that he wasn't the, the owner of the company. Let's say the owner of the company was profit first. Then that also means that in his own eyes, he would have chosen the best leader, I think. So the idea here that we have to express is that not only does leadership matter, it is critical for the success or failure of any business. And at every level, there are leaders in your company. You want to choose the right people that align with your goals in the long term and are not willing to sacrifice or compromise a short term for short term gain at the expense of the long term. So that's the very first lesson we all should learn from this incident. Lesson number two, trust your gut instinct. Sometimes you just have to say no. Our minds have deeply built in, let's call them, let's call them security features, that whenever we're in a situation, it tells us that you're in danger, be careful. And how do we know this? It's called fear. Whenever you feel fear, whenever you feel pain, that is your mind telling you that something is wrong. Sometimes, and this happens now and again, Sometimes you meet someone and when you meet that person, they just rub you the wrong way. You can never put a finger on it and say, this is what I dislike about this person. This is what I dislike about this idea. But something about it just feels off. I have a bad feeling about this. How many times have you heard that? I have a bad feeling about that guy you're interested in. I have a bad feeling about that girl you're interested in. I don't think that this is going to work out. I don't know why, but it just doesn't feel right. How many times have we heard this? And sometimes, most times, against the will of our gut, we go forward with the decision. And we might have a myriad of reasons why we do that. And while we, I know that as entrepreneurs, we want to get lost in the stats and the, the facts and the statistics, sorry, I also want to stress the importance of being true to yourself. Sometimes, as you might realize, in the end, when you have a bad feeling about something, it is because something was definitely off. You just couldn't put a finger on it at the time because you didn't know exactly what it was. But there is something inside of you that reacted to the nonverbal cues, the body language of the person, maybe. A minute detail that was missing that you never realized was missing, but somewhere in your psyche needs to be there for you to feel comfortable moving forward. The idea is that you want to be sure that whenever you are faced with a decision, if your gut instinct tells you no, you probably should say no. So whenever your mind tells you that it doesn't feel right, walk away, it is perfectly fine to say no. As an entrepreneur, one of the most important words that you can have and use and exercise frequently in your vocabulary is say no. No to opportunities, no to other options, no to second chances, no to that person who you don't trust but they seem like they might have changed. Saying no can save you a lot of heartache, a myriad of pain, and a lot of setbacks. Trust your gut instinct. If your heart tells you no, and you and we're going to look at this in point three, but you don't have overwhelming evidence to support why you should say yes, you should say no. Point three. Calculated risks only. Do your due diligence. And that is point three, calculated risks only, do your due diligence. Let me explain what I mean by that. When I was in university, I was studying to become an actuarial scientist. And one of the things that you study as an actuarial scientist is not only you know, life, mortality, so how 
likely it is that a person is going to die at a certain age using probability and everything. But you have to do a lot of probability, a lot of statistics, and you use that in financial models. Financial models meaning that you expect, based on inflation, based on, let's say, the exchange rate, and based on interest rates, depending on your model of business, exchange rates may or may not matter, you expect that in the next three years, the business is going to make X amount of money, Y amount of money, and Z amount of money in the three years to follow. And what you have is that you have a best case, a worst case, and a base case scenario. And from there, you submit your proposal as a CFO to the company executive, to the board, and they look at the statistics, they look at the research that you've done in your financial model, they look at the numbers, and they say, based on these numbers, based on what we expect to happen, based on the probability that each scenario might play out, let's go with this option or that option. Let's pivot towards this direction or that direction. Why is this important? The idea of doing something new or novel for the first time can be fun, it can be exhilarating, it can be exciting, it gets your adrenaline going because you're going to be the first and when you're the first you're going to be famous and you're venturing into uncharted territory and what's more interesting to an entrepreneur than uncharted territory? But in all this, do not get 100% caught up in your emotions, which is the counterbalance that we're doing now to point to, where point two is said to trust your gut instinct. So do not get caught up in your emotions too much. Sometimes you might want to make a decision, but you don't want to be completely emotional and say it doesn't feel right. In those moments, you need to ask yourself the question, what do the numbers say? What do the statistics say? What do the experts say? Ask yourself those three questions. What do the numbers say? What do the statistics say? What do the experts say? And then you can make what's called an informed decision. This is where you do your due diligence. This is where you go online, you do some research, you speak to industry experts, you, pe you speak to people who are experts on the field. You try to cover your blind spots. You do not want to make a decision when there's something about it that you don't understand comfortably. And comfortably is used loosely. You're never going to understand quantum physics at the level of a PhD physics um, professor or pro physics professor because I think all professors have PhDs, don't they? So you're never going to understand quantum physics and it might be related to the new project that you're doing. But you want to at least understand what could go wrong, what could go right, what could cause something to go wrong. If something goes wrong, what would you do? Um, what's the likelihood of something going wrong, etc., etc. You want to do your due diligence so that when you make an informed decision, there are no blind spots. This is why as an entrepreneur, what I like to say is I like to put my cards on the table and then play the cards I'm dealt like they're the cards that I've always wanted. When I put all cards on the table, when all cards are on deck, I know exactly what's in my hand, I know what I'm playing with, I know what I'm up against. And because of that, I am able at this point to do what is always necessary, make a decision with my best judgment. And this also includes my gut feeling because my gut feeling might say no. And in my due diligence, I came upon this thing that I just don't understand. It's like a black sheep. It's just there and it's nagging me in the side. It's like a gnat that I just can't get over. At that stage, I can say everything looks good. But this part, it's just, it's, I don't know. What do I do about this? Because I don't feel comfortable because of this one part. 
And I'm telling you, so many times, so many times, that one point that's nagging you, that's like a gnat in your side, that is the part that's going to cause you trouble. If you cannot resolve that point comfortably to a place where you're certain that you can handle it, don't go ahead. Because losses are more painful than gains. Let me say that again. Losses are more painful than gain. It's a psychologically known fact that people react stronger to pain and fear than they do pleasure and aspiration. And people are pained more when they lose something than if they gain something. Well, than they experience pleasure when they gain something. That's just how psychology works. So you're going to do your due diligence. You're going to do the research. You're going to speak to industry experts from both sides. So don't just speak to someone who supports your idea. Speak to the people, preferably, who are against your decision. Have them convince you that your decision is the wrong decision. If they can't convince you and they're the experts, if they can't answer your questions and concerns and words, then maybe just maybe you're onto something. But if they can, do not stubbornly or defiantly hold on to your position. Do not. Because that can cost you money. And that can cost you years of progress. Point four, four, <laughs> choose integrity over favor. I'm going to read something here on screen because it's one of the articles that's linked. It's the second article from the New York Times. It says here that in 2018, when the vessel was to be handed over from the engineering team to a team who would ensure the safety of its passengers, Ocean Gates Director of Marine Operations, David Lockridge, wrote a report where he stressed the potential dangers to passengers of the Titan as the submersible reached extreme depths and the craft needed more testing. After getting Mr. Lockridge's report, the company's leaders held a tense meeting to discuss the situation according to court documents because remember they fired him, right? And we'll continue. The documents came in a lawsuit that Oceangate filed against Mr. Lockridge in 2018, accusing him of sharing confidential information outside the company. In the documents, Mr. Lockridge reported learning that the viewport that lets passengers see outside the craft was only certified to work in depths up to 1,300 meters. That is far less than would be necessary for a trip to the Titanic. Why? The Titanic is nearly 4,000 meters below the ocean surface. The meeting led OceanGate to fire Mr. Lockridge, according to court documents filed by both sides. OceanGate has said in court records, in court records, that he was not an engineer, that he refused to accept information from the company's engineering team, and that acoustic monitoring of the hull strength was better than the kind of testing that Mr. Lockridge felt was necessary. So many things to unpack here. So the first lesson is that the leadership matters. That's the first point that we should have learned. Leadership matters. The leadership here was not in accordance with what um, Mr. Lockridge liked. It was Mr. Lockridge cared more about the safety of the passengers. It's Mr. Stockton Rush said in reports here that the Ocean Gate would not pay for further safety tests on the Titan. So Mr. Stockton Rush, the CEO, and Mr. Lockridge here, the director of marine operations, were not seen eye to eye. The leadership and the person in the company were not seen eye to eye. And as is common in this situation, leadership fired the person who didn't agree with him. Which leads us to the second point. Trust your gut instinct. Mr. David Lockridge had a very um, 
he had a black spot a blind spot he had that black sheep about that one point that glass that they can look out through that's only good for 1300 meters but the titanic is 4000 meters below the this ocean surface he had a black sheep with that situation something about that bothered him and it also ties into doing your due diligence because now you could also say that the number says that this is only certified for 1,300 meters, less than 30% of the distance it has to go for the Titanic, right? The Titanic is 4,000 meters below sea level. This glass can only, is only certified to go 1,300 meters. He didn't agree with the leadership. He did not have a good feeling about it. He did his due diligence and learned that statistically what the numbers said was that this is a crazy idea, don't do it. And because of that, he had to choose integrity over favor. He could curry up to the CEO and say, you're the leader, you, paid it, you signed my paycheck, let's go ahead, do that. That's what the engineers said. That's what the engineers did, even though the engineer must have known that the numbers suggested otherwise. But he chose integrity over favor. A personal story, I had a client recently, had, and we signed a contract, an extension, mind you, because I was doing an excellent job for them at Zelhan from last year. So we signed a contract extension in April. At Zelhan, we were supposed to do some more work for them, getting them more leads and clients and stuff like that. But the director got involved, and the director would want us at Zelhan to do things that were counterproductive to the success of the business online and i would say to the marketing the marketing manager in a letter to them to the marketing manager and the director that these decisions these um, requests can't be honored because if we do this google is going to penalize us because we're supposed to help them get better rankings google is going to penalize us and say that this is very bad for design this is bad for seo we're going to get a penalty and i outlined why it wouldn't work they reached out and said, we don't think this is going to work. We're moving towards a termination. No, we didn't go to court. But there, you can see why this would rub me the wrong way. Because this was a 12-month contract. And it was three months into the contract. And the part about it that irked me the most is that we were being paid at Zelhan to produce, to provide expertise. And it would have been our best interest to go and do our due diligence to ensure that whatever decisions are made, are in the best interest of the client and the goals we're working towards. Having done that, we are being penalized by the client by saying that, and they acknowledged in the con acknowledged at termination that you've honored the contract, you've done everything that we've hired you to do, but we still want to go ahead. So being penalized for doing your job is never easy. And I'm pretty sure this has happened to a lot of people, but I want to say this to you right now, because that was an important contract for Zelhan. Just like Mr. Lockridge, just like myself at Zelhan with this client, you're going to be forced to make the decision many times to go with what the CEO, what the leader, what the boss says, even if it's counterproductive, even if it's injurious to you or others. Because a lot of times people are driven by their egos and they're driven by financial gain and whatever the case might be. Choose integrity over favor every time. Do not tarnish your reputation. There are people, there are companies out there that love and appreciate people who are honest. If you're in a situation where you're being penalized or you're being punished because you're speaking the truth and what's right, not according to what you think, but what's according, but according to the statistics and the figures and all the research, stick to your guns. Because if you 
give up your integrity to curry favor. When the lawsuit comes, you will pay. When the punishment comes, you will pay and you will have paid more because you knew. You stood against it, but then you caught out. Always choose integrity over favor. Every time. Point five. Test before you go live. It says there were multiple things wrong with the model of the submarine. And it's on it's in the um research. It's in the article linked in the description. And they suggested that based on the model, there were some let's say there are some weaknesses in the hull that they were concerned about because they have a board of over 36 panel members who unanimously said that the current design based on what they've seen for the model is not safe for expeditions for what um, Ocean Gate wanted to have done. And they even went on to say that they suggest that further testing be done and that the external company that, that we mentioned at the start of the article, start of the episode in the article, from Norway, the Norwegian company, I believe it's DNV, that they be consulted on the matter. It was never taken up. The idea is that in your business, you're going to need to make decisions. And some of these decisions can be groundbreaking, introducing a new product, pulling a product from um, the line, whatever the case might be. But I want to teach you something very important here. In marketing, and in life because this is entrepreneur's journal so what we're teaching you is for day-to-day -day life living as well in marketing and in life we have what's called a split test now the way a split test works in marketing is that i might want to build a landing page to get more leads for your e-commerce brand and the way that i would do that is i would create the landing page i'll create an offer share it to the people to the visitors visiting your landing page in exchange for their email address and then we go from there. In a split test, what I would do is that after I design the landing page, I will put one minor change. So instead of offering 25% discount, I might offer uh, buy one, get one free in another offer. And we put the two versions out. After we put the two versions out, we run traffic to both of them. After a time, we we look at which one was more successful. Did the offer for 25% off get more leads than the offer for buy one, get one free? I think that's the example that I used. And the idea here is that we at that time don't know what the best design is. We have an idea of what the design looks like, what the copy looks like, that's the wording, what the offer looks like. But we don't know for sure because we haven't tested. If we haven't tested, what is telling us that it's the best offer? Our egos? What is telling us that it's the best design? Our, our expertise? We never know. Every business is different. Every offer is different. Every ideal client is different. Every brand is different. It's the same thing in your life. In Titans and Ocean Gates situation, they could have done what's called field testing, I believe. They could have done tests. The model that they had suggested weaknesses. Before they saddled up and went under, they could have done some more testing. And... This is further complicated, let's put it that way, by the fact that when they, they, when they launched, so they had a design, they received a lot of feedback from industry experts that it was dangerous, a catastrophe could happen. They went ahead and they did a few voyages. I still don't know if it's called a voyage, but they did a few trips to the Titanic. And it was successful. Sometimes they had damages and so on. But the idea is that 
it wasn't immediately apparent that the regulators were right at the time, that Mr. Lockridge, for example, was right. But that should not be the reason why you pursue a course that's dangerous. It's not the first time that you speed that you get a ticket, is it? It's not the first time that you do something wrong. You see, I'm a Christian. I believe that God is there with us and he sometimes tries to protect us from ourselves. So not because we stumble and we do something wrong that God says, aha, I've got you punishment and he sends you and damns you to hell. Unless you're testing, unless you've gone through the due diligence, unless your gut feeling tells you it's right, unless it's within the best interest of humanity, you perhaps should not go ahead. And the testing, the testing phase is right before launch. You might have a new product. Instead of launching it to everyone, launch it to a small subset of users, your most loyal users, your most faithful users, the ones who will give you the best feedback. Say to them that we have this new offer. We'd like to get your feedback on it. What do you think? What could we change? What could be better? And you do that in increments. So you might share it with five, get some feedback, do some changes, and then you share it with 50 and then 500 and 5,000 and then your entire customer base. You might have a new pricing strategy, which we discussed pricing, and we are discussing pricing in online business systems. So you can watch an episode here or here. You might have a new pricing strategy and you just introduce it to a few customers and you get the feedback and you improve on that and you get more feedback and you improve on that and you keep on iterating and improving until you have the best version of your product. Then you can go forward. What is, it, what is the important message here? The important message is that unless you're testing, you do not want to just go live. You do not want to put your experimental project out there. Your, your brand could be damaged. Your finances could be damaged. Lives could be lost. A lot of things could go wrong. Point six, most importantly, have a well thought out backup plan and disaster response or disaster mitigation uh, plan. Why do I say this? This is not something we like talking about at entrepre as entrepreneurs. So what is your exit strategy? Uh, no, because it sounds like we expect that we would fail and oh me fail huh, could never right the ego of it let's get serious who are you kidding murphy's law says that what can go wrong it's going to go wrong and that's just how life is the only thing worse than the worst thing happening is that the worst thing happens and you knew it could happen, but you didn't prepare for it. That is why we get insurance. When I get insurance for my car, I do not get insurance because I intend to go out and, I don't know, get a fender bender or God forbid meet in an accident with someone. I do not get life insurance because I intend to die. I get insurance because I know that stuff happened. And in the event that something bad goes wrong, it is better to have insurance than not to have it. Why don't you do the same for your business? If things go wrong, how could we deal with it? What's the worst thing that could happen to us? And if that happens, how would we handle it? And you put a plan in place. That way, whenever something goes wrong, and things often go wrong, don't they? 
you know that 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 that, that xyz call this person have this person set up this emergency protocol while this emergency protocol is being set up let us get these three authorities on the line while this these two things are being done let us get a better understanding of the situation here's a questionnaire here's um standard operating procedure sop yes and you go from there and at this stage it might be disaster mitigation disaster happened I might be disastrous. Well, it might be disaster mitigation. You've planned before to reduce the effect of any disaster happening. And it might be disaster response. The worst thing actually happened. The servers went down. All the data was lost. But we backed up to Google Cloud. But we backed up to AWS S3. The website got hacked. They have, I don't know, graphic information on our website. It's damaging our brand. But we have a backup. But we have a security team in place. And that's the reason why you want to plan for the worst case scenario. You want to have six months of expenses saved up. Bill Gates, I believe, or was it Steve Jobs? One of them, Microsoft, Steve Jobs. No, Bill Gates. <laughs> I believe I read an article a year, a few years back where the company was doing a little bit, was going through a tough time. They needed some cash. And before the company failed, he saved the company. How? He had an account, nobody knew about the account, where he had two years of expenses saved up. And that helped them through the tough time. We can look for that article online to confirm that it's true. They want to plan for the rainy days while the sun shines. I've always said that. There is no such thing as being overprepared. But we want to be in a situation where if the worst thing should happen or does happen, we're able, we're capable of handling it. This is it for episode two of Entrepreneur's Journal on Zelhan podcast and i want to thank you for watching if you found this video helpful like share and subscribe and for more videos from our entrepreneurs journal you can watch episode one here where in episode one we spoke about the nba championship and 10 lessons and a bonus that every entrepreneur should learn from the nba championship and next week we're going to continue entrepreneurs journal you can learn more about being a an entrepreneur running a successful business in our other podcasts check out our youtube channel and all the good stuff for more content thank you for watching take care bye bye